Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing of Finos, and this is the Open Source and Finance Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I speak with Chris Howard, who's the lead open source program manager at EPAM. He is also on the Finos uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Special Interest Group as well. And we talk about leveraging your organization's open source engagements to recruit and retain. So with that, sit back, relax, and hit the music. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold of Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today on the podcast, I have a special guest. This is Chris Howard. Um, Chris is the lead open source program manager for EPAM. And uh, Chris uh, just spoke for us in London at the Open Source and Finance Forum um, about recruiting and retaining using open source. I know that there's a longer title to that, but first of all, Chris, say hello. How are you? Hi, yeah, great to join you and, and absolutely I had a great time at the conference, so it's lovely to be uh, tuning in again and having a catch up with you. Very good. Um, you know, there, there's something that I should probably ask all my guests from now on, uh, especially since I had somebody from Bonn, Germany on yesterday. Uh, where are you located? Where, uh... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm in Manchester in the north of the UK. Cool. Um, uh, here's the big question. City or... <laughs> Yeah, good, good question. I'll, I'll specify no preference for fear that we might lose some listeners. So uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. We will not talk football, soccer, um, uh, for this, but but we will talk about. Um, uh, again, you gave a you gave a talk uh, that will put links to your slides and also your YouTube video um, uh, and this on our, our website as well about leveraging your organization's open source engagement to recruit and retain. And I will say, first of all, um, I rewatched that video on um, 1.5 speed. Um, so, you know, you talking today sounds totally different from what I just heard. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, I, I going back through it, um, you had so many good points in there um, that, you know, I almost feel like we should just make a checklist of it, um, you know, at some point. And, um, but, and I did want to go through and, and talk about, you know, some some, you know, special points about using open source uh, to recruit and retain within your organization, um, especially for financial services or technology firms that are working with financial services. Um, so uh, wherever you want to start, I'm game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's a hot topic. Um, I mean, I think I spoke about it in the conference. I think the Linux Foundation published some research around last year alone open source developers were saying that it was the the biggest year kind of since records began that they'd had the most kind of direct recruitment and headhunting for open source engaged developers nice. and and, I've, and we all have statistic i think it was 86% of hiring managers have got open source recruitment specifically as a priority for 2022 so i mean the Great. demand is is there isn't it yeah but but I, I remember you mentioning something specifically in the talk about financial services that uh well behind yeah. yeah yeah they are uh unfortunately for and i'm sure that for various reasons um but yeah it's a definitely a bigger battle within the, the financial services space yep very cool um well not cool actually <laughs> Come to think of it. so um so uh, so how does that kind of lead into 
you know, um, you know, maybe let's set the landscape a little bit, um, you know, with that. Um, and then, um, you know, what, what do you, what do you see is, is maybe some of the problems, um, identified there or, or that you've seen as, you know, in your OSPO? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the key thing here that's really important is we all want to work in places that we enjoy working in. We want to work in places where we can do the stuff that we love, um, where the culture is kind of permissive of us and allows us to, to kind of be the engineers or the analysts or the testers that, that we want to be. And an open source is being adopted at a, a global scale rapidly by organizations. But unfortunately, financial services is a little bit further behind. So when we say that we want to build cultures where engineers can really be themselves and contribute to open source and leverage resource, et cetera, financial services still isn't consuming open source, let alone contributing back. So that's kind of the first challenge we're overcoming when we specifically look at that industry. Sure. Um, so so if, if you're being, you know, let, let's start being... Pr- proscriptive i guess is that prescriptive progress <laughs> let's let's start telling people um and 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 should we be talking to hiring managers right now um within financial services when we're when we're talking about some of these ideas of of how to you know maybe change that culture around um you know who who should listen to what we're about to say i guess yeah good good point so i think I don't think we need to be talking to necessarily business leaders, although we always should be. I think sure. they recognize the value of open source and they certainly recognize the value of diverse workforces uh, in kind of contributing to innovation, which ultimately drives business. We are, we do need to be talking to perhaps the the middle leaders who are who are there about kind of building those kind of microcultures, those ways of working, those processes that perhaps are a bit inhibiting uh, and, and kind of put up walls um and yes we do need to be talking to hiring managers who have this as a priority but perhaps are looking at it in a very linear sense of okay what's your skill set okay we mm-hmm. need some we need some people who've done uh kubernetes or we need some people who've got some real open source technologies on their profile that's perhaps a bit too linear here it's it what what goes above and beyond that in terms of getting exciting open source engaged individuals through the door okay so and maybe let's backtrack a little bit why why would why would hiring managers why would these middle managers um want a developer who comes from you know an open source world who you know has has their resume on github um you know ha- has been uh building up over time if they're working on open source projects for themselves um or with companies before this and then you know leading into financial services um why why would they why would the hiring manager want an open source developer i guess yeah good good question and i think in the conference i i called open source engineers a unique breed um <laughs> which whether or not that that's a positive observation i'm not too sure i think there's real qualities that open source engaged uh employees have it's that idea that they are living and breathing and working in the open like mm-hmm. the, the code they're writing is open to criticism from everywhere they're problem solving issues that are being raised by the community that they haven't come across in their own unit testing for example they're reacting to challenges and criticisms with with reason uh, they're they're kind of not just pushing back and saying well it's the way i've written it, etc they're saying okay well good point let's take that on board let's explore it more that they're kind of really delivering uh, innovation in a in the, the the agile way, the way that we all want our businesses to work. I mean, open source engaged individuals are these kind of incredible 
problem solvers, public facing kind of real advocates of engineering in the, in the way that we all want to be engineering in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, we have the, the yeah, these interesting unicorns. Uh, no, they're not really, <laughs> but, um, but you know, we have a good uh, base of, of why, you know, why you'd want to hire somebody like that in the first place. Um, you know, so, so now let's go into the prescriptive part of it. Um, you know, what, if, if you were to identify, you know, three to five, you know, points that you'd say, listen, this is the environment that you need to set up. Here are the things that you need to look for. And, um, you know, and, and I think you, you started on the recruit, you know, level, but there's also the retain. So, so maybe let's hit recruit first and, and environment and, and what a hiring manager should be looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think the first part in terms of recruit, it's about, it's that idea that we're no longer selling, um, sorry, we're no longer expecting candidates to sell themselves to us. Mm. We have to sell our organizations to the candidates. So why, why do you want to work here? Fine, fair enough. But why do, why do we want you to work here? That's the old, the old question we were asking, isn't it? Now it's like, right. come and work for us, build a landscape, create something that really attracts to them. But why do hiring managers uh, need to be, what do they need to be looking for? What do they need to be excited about? Well, I think there's the obvious things around skills and, and the kind of skill sets that you expect open source engineers to have. But you you also need to take on board that these people are, are diverse individuals. These people are bringing kind of lived experiences of working with multiple projects across multiple time zones, dependencies, mm -hmm. stakeholders. And it's that kind of skill that perhaps gets discounted that when we look at a, a, a profile, we, we see a CV and we perhaps see seven years of experience versus three. Does that necessarily mean that the person is better? No, possibly not. I mean, it, open source, yes, we can look at GitHub contributions and those great great graphs that we get on our GitHub profiles, but there's a lot more, a richer set of kind of learned experiences that come through working in this way. And I think hiring managers need to provide the opportunity as the conduit for those those individuals to be able to talk about that and, and say, oh, I was working on this great project and we were, we were working with a distributed team across these kind of geographies and it provided me these challenges and I was able to come across that versus oh, you've only got three years of experience in Python, for example, so maybe you're not suitable for the role. So I almost see it as, as you know, open source projects could be the metaverse um, as far as how we, <laughs> you know, and, but I, I was listening to an interview um, about the metaverse recently and, and um, you know, like all all those things that they're talking about, I know it's it's another type of thing, but, but you know, the, the ability to, to, you know, work with people all over the globe, um, you know, work with a diverse set of people, um, different languages, uh, you know, different skill sets, uh, developers, non-developer, you know, in, in good, big um, projects, you, you don't just have the developers working on it. You have, you know, the non quote unquote, non-technical people as well. Um, and, and you, it, I know some people don't do it, but you know you sometimes have to check your ego at the door as well. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know it can be a little bit humbling sometimes to work on an open source project, especially if you're getting into it for the first time. Um, but uh, uh, but if a hiring manager is looking for that type of person, you know then then they're going to probably find it there. Um, so um, definitely good. Um, what else? What else do you think that? Uh, that hiring managers could do. Um, 
again to to prep the space uh to make it more appealing uh to you know to an open source developer um is there mm -hmm. is there more i guess yeah there, there absolutely is and one of the biggest ones actually is around this idea of being public in your own open source policies mm. um so not only making this kind of explicit on job descriptions so tags for example hashtag open source or whatever it happens to be on the job description but then actually providing a further resource to say this role expects you to be engaged in open source or you're going mm -hmm. to be working within open source or perhaps you're already working in open source and you're worried about what that means when you come and work for us or do we take over all of your ip for example so nice. talent acquisition teams can be quite actively saying i'm going to send you over a, a one pager gives you the high level about what our open source policy is, how you can engage with that, what restrictions we have, particularly around financial services, around contributing under your own name versus the company's name. So I think hiring managers definitely can empower themselves through working with their own OSPOs, their own open source program offices, to get a few kind of high level bullets so that when they are doing these initial kind of interviews, they're not only speaking the language, so asking about certifications from Linux or GitHub profiles, they're then able to say, oh yeah, and of course, actually you are allowed to contribute to open source under the uh, corporate email domain, or yes, you are allowed to contribute to open source uh, during working hours. Have those answers ready to give. It's a big turnoff uh, for someone who's excited about coming to the website, seeing an amazing role on the careers page, and then not getting the answers kind of simply at that first hurdle. Yeah, that's um, that's good. So it starts with with the job description, but um, I think you're right. Definitely going to somebody like you know like you and saying how you know in an OSPO in an open source program office, um, how you know how should we word this in order to be more marketable? Um, mm -hmm. It it is kind of funny how you know, what is it? The, the shoe is on the other foot. Um, uh, so, uh, um, and then, you know, let, so let's then kind of go into, um, the, the retain part. Um, so, so you're probably going to have, let's stay with developers right now. You're probably going to have two types of developers. One, um, one that, you know, has, has, been there for 20 years and maybe they've you know worked in open source maybe they have not it's more likely that they have not been if they worked for financial services their entire you know working careers it's that's a a guess um and then and then you have the the engineers and the developers who were kind of born in open source um who are coming out of school now who are you know you know five to you know eight years out of school and and they these are you know maybe we're talking about when you're recruiting these are the people that you're trying to to recruit um because they already get it um so so if you're trying to retain the people that you have and and maybe in those two groups um you know how do i retain the people that that you know came out of born in open source and how do i retain the people that um i know are really good um you know but we want to we want to push further into open source and and those developers you know were not born in open source yeah good good question so so in terms of the the open source engaged individuals how do you retain them mm -hmm. um this is really about listening to them so much like you would do in any kind of employee-led initiative these individuals know what is working know what isn't working and they know what challenges they're facing as part of trying to consume and contribute to open so listening to them and saying 
what do we need to be doing to be changing our process? What isn't working as part of this workflow? And let's work and collaborate together on doing that. And I think if you make that easy, that kind of that work isn't a chore above and beyond what they might regard as it being difficult right. anyway. <laughs> if you make all of the other process easy, then I think that's the first step. Um, there is, of course, the obvious around salary and training. And, and that's, I think, even even the Linux Foundation studied this over the last few years, they still remain the two top kind sure. of retaining strategies. But sure. I think there's some really interesting ones around kind of this opportunity to reach that second group you've just spoke who are new to open source is the idea that you should leverage or position open source as a upskilling slash kind of exciting opportunity to to get involved in something bigger not just than the individual but bigger than the organization this right. idea that you're you're giving people a kind of red carpet to get involved in communities conversations projects that they perhaps never even dreamed they would be sitting down on a call and there's a great example you've got loads of graduates coming out of some of the big tech companies uh, big tech universities in in india for example and mm -hmm. they are sitting on community working group calls that are building some of the most powerful technologies that are used across massive organizations imagine yeah. what that imagine what that says as part of a cv and i appreciate that might sound like a recruitment piece but actually if you've got an employer who is providing you plenty of opportunity to enrich your personal profile mm -hmm. then you're going to recognize that they're supportive and that that goes a long way in saying actually there's a, there's someone really behind me here really building me up and, and okay maybe in five ten years i might go somewhere else that's fine but retention isn't necessarily a really long game it's around these are the business challenges facing us in the next few years have we got the right people in the right place and what can we do to make sure that they're not going to disappear next week and we therefore miss our own deliverables Right. I, I think I was just going to kind of ask you, you know, as that as that maybe not even the hiring manager, but that, you know, the middle manager that that is concerned about the retainment, um, you know, and this this is in every industry, right? It's, you know, like I'm training this person, I'm giving them, you know, the ability to do all this and, you know, with. I think the job market may be a little bit less than it was maybe a year ago at this time. Um, but, you know, then they have the ability, like I've upskilled them to the point to where, you know, they can hop from this bank to that bank to that bank. Um, you know, I, I wonder if there is a, a, a point in a manager's mind that we're like, you know, maybe we shouldn't open it up as much. Um, you know, is there, is there any argument for that or against that? Um, do you think, uh, if you get where I'm going with that for the, for the middle manager, you know, like I want this to be open. However, you know, I, I upskill them and now they're gone. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's, a, it's, a, it's a concern, isn't it? And I mean, I'm sure there's people listening who are in that kind of more certifications who keep wanting to do more training and, and actually is there, is there a flight risk there? Is there, yeah. is there a concern that they're going to disappear? I think you'd be, wouldn't be the case. Um, but similarly, I think this is about understanding we want to make, to go right back to the beginning of what I was saying, we want to make this organization a place where people want to come and work. So um, at the end of the day, we need to remember that uh, we're trying to make organizations uh, the best place to work. We think 
what we said right at the beginning of this presentation that people want to work in organizations where they they're comfortable and they and they like doing what they're doing so if they're logging off at five o'clock and thinking oh i don't want to come back tomorrow then we're in the we're in the wrong place irrespective of how many training opportunities we we give them and there's one more thing i wanted to mention uh, which is really important an area i'm really really passionate about yep. it's this idea of rewards and recognition being paid a salary doesn't doesn't necessarily equate to valuing an employee Great. 25 25 of people uh, who resigned i think in in the, one of the linux surveys said they resigned because they weren't getting adequate reward and recognition and that doesn't mean financial bonuses necessarily it means an email after a release to say thanks so much actually for the extra effort you went ahead and, and plowed forward on it's that job. kind of thing yeah <laughs> good job. absolutely yeah <laughs> um no that uh you would be surprised um how much kindness actually you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. goes a long way with your employees um i've always definitely. felt that um and, 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 as a, and as a quick point on that and, and this definitely isn't a plug but if you don't have the the systems in place to be able to even track open source contribution or recognize where people are contributing because yeah. perhaps that's due to some of the regulation that exists within financial services that you can't monitor this contribution then how are you ever going to have that ability to pat someone on the back and say well done amazing i saw you contributed into x framework or whatever so happens to be right and and you know the linux foundation they've been working on the lfx program uh that part of the lx program is is i think it's called insights and you know per company you can actually see you know who's contributing into different projects not only in finos but across the linux foundation as well um, it probably doesn't take into account everything outside of Linux Foundation projects, but um, you know it's it is one way that we use um, you know that information in order to recruit and retain well reward I guess um, within our community, and we're trying to get those statistics to to make a lot more sense and be a lot more automated so that we can uh, reward um, you know in a better sense whether it's somebody's first. Um, uh, PR or if it's, you know, you know, a major release, um, but, and, and those are great, but you're right. You know, a, a simple thank you in the email is, is, um, very effective. Um, so, you know, let's, uh, especially with, um, uh, there's a, an event coming up pretty soon, um, in London. And I wanted to make sure this, you know, for the timely part of this, uh, that, you know, we talk about maybe the diversity of the types of developers that are open source versus non-open source. But, um, you know, can we bring a wider diversity um, angle into this and, uh, you know, um, and, and then, you know, talk a little bit about the event that's coming up in a couple of weeks yeah. in September? Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, you know, but probably listeners don't that I sit on the Finos uh, Diversity and Inclusion Special uh, Working Group, uh, Special Interest Group there. And we're, we're really excited about the event that's happening uh, on September the 22nd, um, where we're going to be specifically looking at what can we be doing to get more diverse talent into the tech industry um and that doesn't necessarily mean young i think people get excited about that it means it means people through race sexuality neurodiversity lots of things that make us who we are uh, and i think open source is a is a kind of catch-22 you've got an incredibly diverse community because open source brings people from all over the world mm -hmm. with all these different experiences and, and they're all collaborating and working on that but similarly those people that we're trying to talk about recruiting 
aren't being reflected in some of these organizations that are either not embracing open source or are, but are doing it with their own kind of unique flavor. And I'll give an example. Um, and, and I think I referenced this um, in, in the conference. It's this idea of role modeling. Something I'm really passionate about is that if you look at an organization and you look at the collateral that's being produced, or even the, the simple images that are used on the careers web pages, and you don't see someone who looks like you yeah. or shares experiences with you then then why do you want to go and work for that company it doesn't matter if you're the best open source engaged engineer and they've got the very best rewards policies contributions etc if there's no one in that company that has the same kind of lived experiences what makes you who you are that that idea of intersectionality as we call it in the diversity community then then they're never going to recruit you you're never going to go there so that's really important and this event's really exciting because it's going to provide an opportunity for some of the biggest tech companies and financial services organizations to say we we embrace diversity we're an inclusive organization and we're also really really excited about open source and technology and you should definitely come and work for us but we're yeah. here to answer some honest questions and really help you on that pathway and, and, it's, and it's not just giving lip service to it as well mm -hmm. um and and you know i i know that um uh when gab talks about open source sometimes he he he, our executive director, he he talks about that there are some companies that think they do open source, but they're actually just um, open washing, um, mm -hmm. and and you know and uh, and putting lip service to it. That, yeah, we do this, but you know, in the same respect, like yeah, um, financial services firms, technology firms, uh, you know, we're this weird cross section of of technology and and financial services and open source, and you know. Um, uh, Gab did put on, I don't know if you saw it, but on the um, uh, slides from his keynote, uh, you know, what everything looked like in 2017, 2018, as far as the the types of attendees um, that uh, that came to, you know, our first conferences. And, you know, we we have seen a, a huge change in that just in the past five years. Um, it's nowhere where it should be. Right. <laughs> but, but, you yeah. know, but yeah, I, I think the hope is that an event like this, um, you know, coming up on September 22nd in London, I think three locations, um, uh, you know, that if get involved as an attendee, get involved as a, you know, um, help out, you know, pay for pizzas, um, you know, how, however you can get involved. Um, as an organization, um, you know, uh, uh, reach out to us. We'll put in the show notes how to how to reach out to the DEI SIG um, and also, you know, all the organizers that are involved with it as well. Um, so uh, so looking for that. And um, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, enjoyed uh, getting to spend some time with you back in London. Um, and I know my team did as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it was a great um, conference. Definitely. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, uh, I appreciate it, Chris, and um, uh, we will um, make sure that uh, you know we put out all the resources we can, um, not only on the open source re uh, recruit and retain side, but also on the DEI side. And uh, looking forward to doing this again and seeing how things grow, um, you know, over the next six months to year. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And it's always exciting to be able to talk about open source, but also diversity and inclusion. And if anyone listening has any questions as well, please, like you say, reach out to the, the DNI Special Interest Group or even myself, uh, and I can definitely support with those conversations. Very cool. I'll put um, your LinkedIn information out there if that works. And uh, yeah, get in touch with Chris. Um,
All right. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, I believe with that, I'm going to say good day, good night, wherever you are. All right. We hope you enjoyed that podcast on leveraging your organization's open source engagements to recruit and retain with Chris Howard of EPAM. I will put uh, as much information in the show notes as possible. Thank you again to Chris. Um, Chris not only does a great job um, speaking for us, but also on the diversity, equity, and inclusion a special interest group. Um, again, the event is coming up September 22nd in London, in person, in three different locations. It's called the uh, Tech Gateway, and we will put that into the show notes. So with that, again, um, get involved with us, uh, follow us, and we'll see you very shortly. Good day, good night, wherever you are.